With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As you move into your older and wiser years, you may have questions about your finances, your health, or what to do for fun. Besides watching young people try to figure life out. The next hour is dedicated to you. Only the good die This is 50 Plus with Doug Pike. Because women never age, and old school will always be cool. 50 Plus, brought to you by the UT Health Consortium on Aging. Informed decisions for a healthier, happier life. And by Incredible. If a stain seems indelible, you haven't tried Incredible. Now... Here's Doug Pike. All right, Thursday edition of the program starts right now. Oh, I've still got this reverb in here, Will. There's not a button you can push to fix that? I guess not. It doesn't matter. I don't care what I sound like to myself. I just hope I sound entertaining and educational on the other end of this microphone. Welcome, as always. Going to be a good one today. I think I'll I'll start by getting some of the the usual craziness in the world out of the way a little while ago oil was trading at 117 dollars a barrel and i all almost caught myself thinking wow wouldn't it be great if it was just about 110 no that would not be great it won't be great until it's about 70 maybe 65 70 75 dollars long ways back behind us now and Ah, I hope it doesn't take too long to get us back where it belongs, honest to goodness. A little while ago, oil was trading at that 117. And I thought to myself, we're sitting in a country that has several hundred years worth of oil under its feet. This has got to stop. It's got to stop before Americans who aren't setting their own salaries like our Congress does, before Americans who make average salaries or even a little bit more than average, just can't afford the gas it takes to go to work. That, that day would be coming for some of these people. And as will be the recurring theme until October, it's also going to be hot. We're actually supposed to get a little rain this afternoon. A 40% chance across much of the region. Uh, some of us more likely to get rain than others. And any rain we get from this little whatever it is, is going to be welcome relief from the hot and dry playlist we've been listening to lately, huh? Speaking of, once we get past the 40% chance of rain today and tomorrow's 30% chance, neither of which exactly screams downpour, we're back to another five or six days of mid-90s and bright sunshine. And that's great if you're a kid. Great if you're somebody who really likes to play outdoors, or maybe you're an adult who can still handle the heat, but some of us, and my hand's about halfway up in the air right now, some of us are having to rethink those everyday exposures to hours and hours of bright, intense sun. It's tough. It really is tough. A couple of things I want to knock out before we move on to bigger stories. 
one of which is it's those neighborhood apps on which people publish things they probably should keep to themselves. And then, oh, my gosh, they act so surprised when other people respond negatively. If you're going to publish your opinion on an open platform, don't act shocked when people disagree with you or call you names or otherwise make you wish you'd kept your hands off the keyboard in the first place. You put yourself out there. You do that, you have to accept that not everybody cares about you and your pet peeves. We have evolved... uh, We've evolved alongside social media, really, as as it evolved into a society that cares way too much about what other people think, way too much about disapproval and disagreement. And we just feel like everybody should think like we do. And this is a collective we. A lot of this audience is way smarter than that. But for those of you who are still struggling with rejection and and criticism on social media if you don't want to be criticized don't set yourself up for it and if you are if you are willing to stand by your beliefs and defend them then go ahead and put yourself out there just be prepared to counter some flack from people who don't think like you do because there are a lot of them out there i know that not everybody in this audience agrees with what i say even even will doesn't agree with me all the time and i respect him more for for sharing his true thoughts than if he were to just sit across from me and just go, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you're, you're right, Doug. He's 24. He sees the world differently than I do, and his generation is going to change the world just like ours did and the ones that preceded us did, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Disagreement's healthy, so long as the recipe includes an equal amount of respect, and that's kind of what's missing these days, really. We're all entitled to our thoughts, and I I strongly believe that everybody's thoughts should be heard. But that means they should be heard. It doesn't mean that we all have to shift gears and, and change so that we all agree with you or you all agree with me. There is change, and it, it's okay. I can do that well. Thank you. By the way, am I correct that that you don't agree with me always, but... We find ways to just talk things out and then go on about our ways and and just agree to disagree sometimes. Definitely. There's nothing wrong with that either. I don't know. I think that's the way it should be and the way it's gotten away from being. There are way too many people think that if they just scream loudly enough, then their position will become the the right one. And unfortunately, there's actually psychological research that's been done to show that when people are yelling and screaming the same thing over and over and over, some people start to believe it's true, even if they didn't believe that beforehand. If, if, if enough people shout it loudly enough, it suddenly kind of sort of finds its way into your truth memory bank. It's nuts. It is. Everybody's thoughts ought to be heard. That doesn't mean everybody's suggestions should be implemented. But ideas in themselves, each and every one of them, no matter how preposterous they may seem, they they deserve discussion, at least, and consideration. All right, coming up, we're going to go over some bits and pieces that made headlines this week, and there are plenty on the way out. I'll tell you about Incredible, the stain remover that has worked for my family and me for more than 20 years now. 
I tell you about it regularly because I believe in it strongly. This product is available at HEB. It's available at most fine hardware stores. It's a white bottle about the size of a a small, regular water bottle, only it's white and it's got blue and red lettering on it. And when you see it, grab it, put it in your cart, put it in your basket, whatever you want, your, your renewable, recyclable bag, wherever you want to put it, but take it home with you because it will work on old and new stains that find their way onto the carpet, the rugs, your clothing, the upholstery in your car, wherever you have something like that. Read the directions on the bottle. It's so simple. You just pour some on the spot, you blot it away with a clean, dry cloth, and you get on about your business. If a stain seems indelible, you haven't tried Incredible. That's what it says. My house for decades. Put it in your house today. Ask for it by name, Incredible. What's life without a nap? I suggest you go to bed and sleep it off. Just wait until the show's over, sleepy. Back to Doug Pike as 50 Plus continues. She's a good girl. I actually like that song, Will. Wait for just a second while I gather my thoughts here and see what time it is. According to my phone, it's 1219 on AM 950 KPRC. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to email me if you got something on your mind. Seven. Well, that's uh, hit the bell. Do you have the bell handy? Just abandon the bell. Just never mind. Let's just concede that I'm going to make an occasional mistake, and we don't really don't really have to draw attention to each and every one of them, lest somebody will think we have started a bell choir. All right, so that would be Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, in some sad golf news, uh, three-time PGA Tour winner Bart Bryant, at 59 years old, lost his life in a car accident on Tuesday. Uh, this is a guy, and this is kind of my world that I I live in on Saturdays and Sundays on KBME here, Saturday and Sunday mornings, partly golf and, and mostly outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, skiing, sailing, backpacking, canoeing, kayaking, whatever. But Bart Bryant won the 2005 Memorial, uh, the scene of this week's PGA Tour event, as a matter of fact. Also, the 2004 Texas Open and the 2005 Tour Championship. He beat Tiger Woods by six shots that year. He also won twice on the PGA Tour Champions. Sad to see him go. In other golf news, not not to dig into the live golf, the Saudi uh, tour that's starting up in London quite soon. Uh, This is a, a... a Florida story about geezer golf, about grandpa golf. 77-year-old man punched in the face an 84-year-old man on a Florida golf course. I think it was on Tuesday they did this. They were buddies, played in the same old bunch, playing all the time together, I'm sure. But the other gray-haired gentleman in the group, or no-haired, I don't know which it would be, depending on their group, also said they, they, they argued regularly, these two did, on this, that, and the other on the golf course. But when the older fellow 
wouldn't move out of the younger guy's line, I, I believe is the way, from what I read in the story, it seems like that one, the guy who got punched wouldn't move out of the line of sight the other guy, the puncher, had on a, a particularly, they're probably playing for two bucks. And the guy wouldn't get out of the way before the other guy made his putt. And they had an exchange of words and they had an exchange of hand gestures. One thing led to the other. And the 80, what did I say, 84-year-old guy got punched in the face, knocked him right down. Had to go to the hospital probably for, I guess, just for the ride. The old guys I play with are, are far more civil than that, by the way. Thankfully, they get mad sometimes, but usually just at themselves, kind of like I do for hitting a bad shot. I cannot think of anything that anybody would do on a golf course, especially someone I played golf with regularly. Even if it were a stranger, though, I can't think of anything that would motivate me to punch somebody in the face on a golf course. Plenty of legal wrangling and, and courtroom drama unfolding these days, not the least of which involves County Judge Lena Hidalgo, but nothing about that action stacks up to the weeks-long defamation trial of Johnny Depp against Amber Heard, in case you haven't heard. Uh, I was informed, I was kept abreast of this whole deal by my wife, who suddenly found herself just wrapped up in it and couldn't wait until I got home so she could tell me what was going on. Uh, mostly... It ended in favor of Mr. Depp, as they called him. Ms. Heard, if I ordered or if I heard correctly, was ordered to pay him about ten million bucks. And is it Amber Heard? I think that's right, isn't it? Right? Well, yes. Will's nodding in agreement. Amber Heard apparently was awarded two million dollars. Why they didn't just do the math and give Depp eight million makes no sense to me. That's that has got to be one of the highest profile defamation cases I've ever seen. And I've seen two and I can't remember the other one. That was nuts. Uh, back to Harris County very quickly. An ex convict who, who bonded out on an illegal weapons charge back a year and a half, about two years ago, now in jail for a homicide right here. I hate seeing that happen. I hate it when, when the bad guys get cut back loose, that, most of the time they're not going to go they're not going to go job hunting they they know how to work the streets they know how to live there and that's why we've got to be careful all right i'm going to go ahead and take this break a couple of minutes early because i've got a guy we're bringing on the phone in just a few minutes uh, a cartoonist who's a very high profile cartoonist actually uh you'll hear about him in just a little bit he, great guy he's got a book out i want to tell you about i've got a copy of it and it's awesome if you're in the market for your dream home, a beautiful custom home, check out Kirk Homes, third-generation custom builder from the Gulf Coast up through the Hill Country. They are a preferred builder in Republic Grand Ranch and actually have a Southern Living Showcase home in its sister, Texas Grand Ranch. If you are interested in a 20-year structural warranty instead of the usual 10, if you are interested in 2x6 installation and exterior walls, Instead of the usual two-by-four, you need to start your search for your dream home, your plans to build that dream home with Kirk Homes. Go to the website, check them out. Kirk Homes, that's K-U-R-K, because at Kirk Homes, it's all about you. 
Now, they sure don't make them like they used to. That's why every few months, we wash him, check his fluids, and spray on a fresh coat of wax. This is 50 Plus with Doug Pike. Welcome back to 50 Plus this Thursday afternoon. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. We're going to switch now to something I hope interests all of you. And I know it's going to interest those of you like Will, who've been told, and like me, been told your senses of humor are a little weird or twisted. I'm talking specifically about cartoons submitted to the New Yorker each week that get rejected for being too foolish, too dark, too risque. And we'll talk to a man, Matthew Diffie, now whose cartoons have been published in the New Yorker hundreds of times, but rejected what, Matthew, as many times? What's your batting average with the New Yorker? Terrible. <laughs> I, I, yeah, honestly, like, but that's, it's, it's, it's the same for all of us. We all do, I don't know, it's got to be 99% rejection. Oh, my God. Well, by the way, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. I, I got the copy of the book a couple yeah. of days ago, and I love it. It's just exactly what my brain needs and feeds on. So... <laughs> So that so that Great. we could be the judges, Matthew's published yet another book. This one, the best of the rejection collection, which includes 297 cartoons. It says here that were too dark, too weird, or too dirty for the New Yorker. Uh, a compilation of not only of your work but that of other amazing cartoonists too, right? Right. Yeah. There's 55 counting me. 55 different cartoonists. Oh wow! And we all basically just brought our our favorite kind of outrageous, rowdy uh, <laughs> cartoons and put them in a book. I, I can't help but just smile when you even tell me you you <laughs> did that. What a brilliant idea. When you first sketch out a cartoon, yeah. do you get sort of a gut feeling when you're pushing the envelope? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you know the, the, the New Yorker specifically, but I think across the board, everyone's gotten really sensitive about certain topics. Oh, yeah. So if you're just talking about you know anything race or gender or 20 other things sure you know that you're you're walking a tightrope and you and they're probably just not even if you do a perfectly good reasonable uh good-hearted uh joke about something like that the new yorker is going to be afraid everyone's afraid now um so that's why i think it's kind of important that we're doing these books because this is a place where we can still do those and sure. it's in a context where people i think kind of accept it a little better some people are going to get do you ever annoyed, I suppose, about stuff, but do you ever send one up deliberately, absolutely, positively, one hundred percent new? It wouldn't fly. Oh yeah, <laughs> almost all of these would be in that category. <laughs> but I mean, it, this is the thing: we sit there and we try to think of perfectly, you know, civil, witty, sure. sophisticated, subtle jokes all day long, and then one pops in your head, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, that's gotta outrageous. send it." Yeah, you just um, gotta send it. Sure, you gotta draw it. Yeah, yeah mm. you got to send it, if for nothing else, just to show to the, your, your fellow cartoonists after they've rejected it, which is kind of the spirit of this thing. It's kind of like the, the cartoonists running the show and giggling in the background, you know. Do they just send you a flat-out... cartoonists that you've seen. Do they just send you a flat-out rejection, or do they give you a chance to maybe modify it and fix it? No, it's just silence. All or nothing. We only get a uh, word from them if they buy one. They say, we'll take oh. this one. Um, and so, so you, 
and, and there's so many cartoons coming in. There's you know hundred cartoon more than that. I don't know how many cartoonists are all doing ten or five a week. Oh wow! And they have twelve spots in each issue. So oh boy, it's uh, there's no time for like. I can't imagine a cartoon being good enough that they're like we couldn't buy it, but we want to we want to work on it with you. No, it's just on to the next. And yeah, I'm thinking as a magazine writer now. That's that's where most of my stuff is. I've never been a cartoonist, and I I don't yeah. even pretend to be one. I I do actually. I do a humor column though for a national magazine, and I got yeah. the only rejection I've gotten from them years years back was a, about a. It's an outdoors magazine. It was about a high profile fishing guide whose uh, whose shorts were too short. And we'll just leave it there. It was a good column. I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> How'd you get started in cartooning? Like right my yes, sir. Oh, yeah. How'd you get started well, in this? Uh, yeah, I I failed at art and comedy, uh, <laughs> okay. and that's the truth. I, I I came out of college with a with a art major and a creative writing minor, and for me, it was always like comedy writing. Yeah, um, sure. So I tried to do stand up, and I tried to get my paintings in galleries, and and after a decade of of failing at both of those, I I kind of learned about the New Yorker. I didn't really grow up with it. I grew up in Texas, of course. Where? What part? Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but anyway, <clears throat> Denton, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I know where Denton. JD Shores. You bet. <laughs> we're getting real specific. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, I always say I didn't. I didn't leave New Yorker. We weren't communists. Um, but I kind of discovered it late in life. I was 29 when I when I started cartooning, and it was just uh, a contest that the New Yorker was putting on. Oh, wow. At that point, yeah, I was I was I was trying to do jokes and I. I would try to do stand-up, and then they, sometimes it worked, but most of the time, not most of the time, half the time it didn't. But the comedians would say afterwards, you know, hey, have you ever thought about selling jokes? And so I ended up selling sort of joke by joke to other comedians. So I knew I could write a joke, and I knew I could draw. And then I heard about this contest that the New York was throwing. Um, and the then cartoon editor was the, the judge of the contest. So I entered the contest, and as luck would have it, ended up winning the contest and meeting the editor. And that's when I started doing cartoons for the first time and started submitting to the magazine. Matthew yeah. Diffie on so 50. Failures. Matthew Diffie on yeah, 50 plus. Together. Do you, do you remember yeah. the first cartoon you sold them? I do. It's not my favorite, but I'll, I'll okay. tell it to you. Yeah, it's, sure. it's sort of in a, in a, in a long line of New Yorker cartoon has a different trope, you know, the grim reaper and the mm -hmm. desert Island. And they also have like a, a, a man's or a woman, a person's on the sidewalk holding a sign, either like a prophet or like a, uh, beggar of some sort. Sure. So I did a cartoon with like a, a homeless looking man sitting there holding a sign and the sign just says, we'll ask for money. <laughs> yeah, that's the great. I like outrageous that. Well, that's perfect. But I'll tell you, I think my second, my second or third one is to me a very Texas cartoon. It's uh, it's like a junkyard, you know, rusty cars parked all over the place. Sure. And then there's a, a mechanic, guy in a mechanic suit kind of like leaping past a gate. Oh, mm -hmm. it's open. Did you see? And he's doing kind of a look, it looks kind of like a pirouette or something. Sure. But he's, you know, he's got his overalls on and uh, his cap pulled down. And then across the top, there's a sign that says Leon's Auto Salvage and Center for Interpretive Dance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. To me, like that's that. just nutty and, and, and very Texas. There may be one of those in Texas. Texas. How many Desert Island I'm cartoons sure have is. you drawn? I think probably 25. Okay. Guessing. Yeah, just give yeah. or take. And I've sold three, I think. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's about right, that's then, That's something huh? you want to do as a New Yorker cartoonist. Yeah. You want to weigh in on all those classic setups and see if you can 
come up with a new twist on them. That's part of the challenge and part of the fun because we are rooted in this 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 history, this tradition of single panel gag cartoons, which is kind of dying. Um, and and we're all in it because we love that. Love well, to be part of that and to build upon it. Please don't stop because I love them as well. You ever seen or heard anything really funny, but you just couldn't find a way to put it in a box? Oh yeah, all the time. Um, most things, people are always like, oh, I bet you're getting a lot of cartoons from this conversation or this party or whatever. But almost all the jokes that come up in that setting, you know, it's that classic, you had to be there. And you had to, you know, you had to tell the 10 minutes that led up to the joke that somebody made. So it's really, really hard to get those into a single panel format. That, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, you're, you're constricted very, it'd be like having a, me being given 50 words to write a column. I understand exactly what you're having to face. Right. Yeah, congratulations on the book, Matthew Diffie here, the best of the rejection collection. And when you go looking for it, you'll find that there are more, and you'll want them all. This was really fun. I know you've got somewhere else you've got to go. Matthew Diffie, thank you so very much, man. It was a pleasure. It was, it was a pleasure likewise. I wish I was down there. Oh, come back. time in Texas. You nice. bet. Come on down. It's well, only going to be in the 90s. It's where are you? Yeah, I hope you have a cooler temperature where you are, my friend. Oh, yeah, it's cooler here. I'm in Los Angeles, sadly, oh. but I don't have any good barbecue or <laughs> any blue bonnet. I'll bet. Yeah, that's, put barbecue in your next cartoon, will you? I'd love to see it. Even if it gets rejected, yeah. send it to me. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, I will. Yes, sir. Adios. Take care. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some – there are one, two, three different medical news stories I want to try to get to in this next segment, all of which I think – that you will truly uh, find interesting, and at least one of them will probably be very relevant to somebody in your family, if you've got a big enough family. Airline Vacuum would love for you to become a part of their family by allowing them to come in and install a central vacuum system in your home. I know that sounds kind of fancy, and it, it, it is in a little ways. All you have to do instead of lugging that big old vacuum around the house anymore is just carry a hose and an attachment and you go into each room and there is duct work in the walls there's a receptacle in the side of the wall you plug in the hose you flip the switch and you vacuum that room and then you go to the next room carrying only that hose and attachment and do the same in the kitchen all all the duct work by the way goes to the garage a big canister in the garage that's where everything all the nasty stuff from your floors goes in the kitchen, they can actually install vents in the baseboard where when you sweep things into the corner, you just go one more step and just flip that louver and sweep it right into there, out to the garage with everything else. It's very affordable, even in existing construction. New construction, it's a breeze. Very easy to do and very, very affordable. That's twice of a very affordable. Ask for them and get them to come out to your house and explain to you what it would take and what you will benefit by having a central vacuum system. Very easy to use, easy to clean. They sell service and repair all makes and models of central vacuums. AirlineVacuum.com. It's AirlineVacuum.com. Aged to perfection. This is 50 Plus with Doug Pike. Mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. 
You're about to make me start singing, man. Friends of mine and I used to sing this song together. We weren't bad at harmonizing either. It was kind of fun. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not going to do it. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can hit the notes anymore. Welcome back to Fifty Plus. I'm going to have to go play that song at the house now and see if I can do it. Just to see. So I promised some medical news, and I will deliver here. And then, with whatever time is left, we'll we'll solve a world problem or come up with a cool quote or something like that. In what is being called a bugs-as-drugs approach, medical researchers in England says here, using living bacterial magnets to guide viruses engineered to attack cancer tumors. This several years of, They've got several years of work behind this, and what's happening is that with these little tiny magnetic attachments to the viruses, there's actually some stuff that's kind of found in dirt that has iron oxide in it, which iron, magnetic, you, there's a connection there, obviously. And it has been shown to successfully attack prostate and breast cancers, and it has been awarded the Roger Griffin Prize, with which I'm unfamiliar, I'm sorry, for cancer drug discovery. It says here, known as an oncolytic virus, it naturally occurs in nature but can be modified to improve its efficacy and limit its virality. It causes cancer cells to burst open and die. And research, it says here, they're, they're ready. They're ready to, to start really studying this more closely and uh, make sure that they can get it to their target fast enough. And it's fantastic research, fantastic stuff. Believe it or not, it says here, engineers can make magnets down to 51 billionths of a meter. Now, 51, I don't know exactly how big that is, but I suspect it's pretty darn small. And they have found this microbe in soil that's going to allow them to make these things even more cheaply and easily than in the past magnetosomes they're called these little bits of microbes in the soil that absorb iron oxides fantastic oncologist says here have successfully used kind of fat cell known as a liposome to coat and transport intravenous oncolytic viruses which also allows them to be taken up more quickly to the tumorous areas yay for that one also if you know someone who has asthma, which I do, actually, I have a, a close family friend who has asthma. 25 million adults in the children and in, in, uh, adults and children in the U.S. Now a clinical study shows patients worldwide who use a combination of two drugs dramatically lowered, doing that dramatically lowered a chance of suffering an acute attack. Results from this study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, show that a combination of albuterol, which provides relief from asthma attack by relaxing the smooth muscles, and a corticosteroid taken together by an inhaler lowers the number of sudden episodes of shortness of breath, wheezing, coughing, uh, which can often land these patients in the ER, and in, in rare cases even 
cause death. Uh, according to the author of the study, Reynolds Panettiere Jr., professor of medicine at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School, and I quote, this represents a paradigm shift in the treatment of asthma. We see this combination treatment, which is the first of its kind, as becoming part of standard therapy. Congratulations on that. And finally, I'm glad to get to all three of these. How much time do I have left? Am I in good shape, Will? Oh, yes, I have a lot of time left. This is fantastic. If you are or know someone who is allergic to peanuts, Australian researchers have discovered the key immunological changes that support the remission of peanut allergy in children, which is going to pave the way, they say, for more targeted treatments down the road. The research showed for the first time specific gene networks and how they're rewired to drive the transition from a peanut allergy to clinical remission following a combination of probiotics and it says here peanut oral immunotherapy. It sounds like they're making them eat peanuts is what it sounds like to me. Led here, it says, by the Murdoch Children's Research Institute and the Telethon Kids Institute, Study found that this network reprogramming essentially shuts down the allergic immune response that was responsible for causing that food allergy. It involves 62 peanut allergic children from Melbourne, ages 1 to 10, who received a combination treatment of a probiotic and an oral immunotherapy, just gradual introduction of the food, or they got a placebo. 18 months in, 74% of the kids taking the combo treatment achieved remission compared with only 4% in the placebo group. So hats off to them. That's that's really, really good stuff. Will, do you know anybody who's allergic to peanuts? Oh, yeah, tons. Do you really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Well, there's good news for them. They, they may be able to get past that. Bad news for me, point. though. Mm. What would, What did you just say? I said bad news for oh, me, why? though. Because? Well, I mean, I like to be able to test it out on people. think eat up all your peanut butter? No, I just want to test it out on people, oh, you know, see if they have the Is that how you find not. out if they're allergic? Yeah. That's it's kind horrible. of a, a fun little quirky thing that I do. <laughs> just a little funny thing. Somebody tells you they're allergic to shellfish, you slip some shrimp into their soup, do you? I mean, I'm always packing crabs in my pockets, you know? Hmm. <laughs> Nasty um, little buggers. They're always yeah, pinching me. Yeah, I would say so. A new study, it says here, found that two-thirds of men, this does not look well for men, but it's a study, and it says here that two-thirds of men thought they were healthier than the average man, which is statistically impossible. Statistically impossible. And on the senior front, well, let's see how many of these people were seniors. Uh, Just one of them I know for sure. Three new world records. A 103-year-old woman in Sweden became the oldest person to skydive. And I think that 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 should be, there should be an asterisk, skydive voluntarily. Shouldn't you think, Will, as long as we're going to stay on the dark and weird side of things? I mean, do you think that it was a voluntary skydiving? Yeah, hers was voluntary, yes. Mm, You know, I mean, it could definitely be played up for the media, you know. 
why on earth uh, some guy in France did 765 bungee jumps in 24 hours. And from the same category, some girl in Vermont crushed a world record by walking 639 feet across a tightrope in four-inch heels. The old record was only 49 feet. Why she didn't stop at 50, I don't know. And a crushing blow to the wedding industry in Las Vegas. The estate of Elvis Presley has sent a cease and desist letter to all the chapels out there that do Elvis weddings. No! Yeah, no, there go your plans. That's huh? horrible. So, so bad, so sad for you. And legit, for real, a possum wandered into a bar in Brooklyn last Thursday, and everybody freaked out except a woman who's from Alaska. She just reached down, grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, and walked it out, and people called her a hero. Or she could have been called, if she hadn't been from Alaska, she probably could have been called a Texan. And for, this will make some of my senior audience sad, the the last surviving Howard Johnson's restaurant has closed. It was in New York. It lasted 70 years. <sighs> I hope I last 70 years, Will. All right, that's all for us today. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. Thanks for listening to 50 Plus. Adios. Hey, Doug. Yes, Will. It's time for your medicine. Again? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.